Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. Uh, as we, this is the first Sunday in Advent, uh, which is uh, pretty interesting. So, um, Advent topics are uh, hope, joy, peace, and love. And we'll be digging in those in the weeks to come. But I thought I'd start uh, this Advent season um, with a little message I called Don't Miss Christmas. And, um, uh, you know, I, if you've noticed, it's starting to look like Christmas around here. Uh, and uh, so the lights are up and things are happening. And I, I, I enjoy, I love Christmas. It's, it's one of my favorite times of year. Um, I love all, all, you know, parts of Christmas. But for some people, um, it can be sort of a hassle. And because it can be sort of a hassle, I think people don't enjoy it the way they could. And uh, I was thinking about the very first Christmas and how, you know, that was kind of a hassle, right? First off, a king orders a census, and then Joseph is forced to travel um, back to his hometown because of this census happening then. Mary's going to go with him. She's nine months pregnant at a time. Uh, imagine, you know, a hassle uh, coming up. You just kind of want to nest, and there you go. And now we got to go. we got to go. Census is coming, and I see, you know, there's poor Mary, you know, fully pregnant, riding on a donkey, bouncing on this journey. Um, they, they arrive at their destination, and the hotel is full, and the hour is late. And, and really, from sort of start to end, it's pretty much one big hassle. Yet out of that hassle, hope was born, and it still is. So, so I don't like hassles either, but I love Christmas because it reminds me how God causes everything to work together for good for those who love God. And that's at the heart of what happens at Christmas. And so today I want to do two things. I want to look at the innkeeper, and I want to compare the innkeeper to another group of people, the wise men. And, and we're going to look at how they reacted differently to the coming of Jesus. This is a cool topic for me because it reminds me of two of my favorite Christmas jokes. You may have heard these in years past, but it's, it's that time of year where I can bring them back. So let me hit you with these two jokes. The first one is about this young boy who, who really wanted to be Joseph in the Sunday school Christmas play. But instead, the teacher cast him as the innkeeper, and the boy was obviously displeased with the whole deal. So on the night of the big play, the children playing Mary and Joseph, they come up and they knock on the door of the inn and they ask the boy who's playing the innkeeper if he had any room at the inn. And the little boy looks at him and says, sure, I got lots of room. Come on in. That's really funny because it messed up the whole play. Do I have to explain this joke? It's really funny. Can you imagine? Never mind. Next one. I can't remember that bombing before. <laughs> so there's this guy from up north who's visiting a small town in the south, and uh, it's the Christmas season, and they have this amazing nativity display. And it was, it was really top-notch, really well done, and he spent a lot of time looking at it. But there was one thing, one small feature that, that really caught the, the guy's eye, uh, and what was happening is that the wise men were wearing fire helmets, and he said, well, that's really strange. So he decides to stop at a little convenience store uh, right there a little bit away. And he asks the lady, you know, behind the counter about the, the fire helmets. And she just looks at him and shakes his head. And she says, well, you, you northerners, you just never read the Bible. And he says, well, yeah, yeah, actually, I have, I have read the Bible, but I don't remember anything about firemen in the Bible. And so she 
pulls her Bible from behind the, the counter, and she ruffles through some pages, and finally she points her finger at her scripture, and she says, see, it says right here, the three wise men came from afar. Afar? Luke chapter 2. Beginning in verse 1, this is our scripture reading. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first sentence that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Blessed be the word of the Lord. My hope is that as we enter this Christmas season that I want to encourage you not to miss it because, uh, like I said, sometimes it can be a hassle. And, and I want you to see what happens, the difference here between the innkeeper and the wise men. So let's look with the innkeeper. And I, I just read those verses. Now, um, here's, here's the thing you need to think about with the innkeeper. The innkeeper actually could have witnessed the birth of Jesus. All he needed to do was make some room for them at the inn when they came knocking at the door. I don't know if you ever stopped to think about that. But he could have actually, they could have, it, this whole event, could have happened right there. He didn't. And, and so we don't know really much about the innkeeper. We don't know um, the time of day. What we do know is he did not invite them in. And, and maybe he was too busy when the door came, when they came knocking on the door. Maybe he was too distracted by the census. Um, maybe he was late. Maybe he was too tired. Maybe he just didn't care. But whatever the reason, he didn't invite them in when they knocked. And, and I think this happens all the time that many people still miss the chance to open the door when Jesus comes knocking. And they really let the whole birth of Jesus, this whole event, what we celebrate at Christmas, they let the whole thing pass them by. They miss the miracle of Christmas. And he's still, he's knocking at the doors of our hearts at Christmas. You know, he sings, he's singing to us through Christmas carols and he's calling to us through Christmas sermons and he's reaching out through the Christmas story. In Revelation 3.20, it says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. And, and they, they just miss it. They miss the knock. They don't answer the door. Too busy, too distracted, too many things going on, whatever reason. They miss it. And, and this was sort of, you know, the, the picture of, of the innkeeper, just, just too much going on to be a part of the birth of Jesus. But I want to contrast that with some people who, um, who don't miss Christmas at all. And these people are known as the wise men or the magi, Matthew 2, 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. 
And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So from that story, I want to look at three points real quick, contrasting them to the innkeeper. Point number one, wise people seek the truth. Wise people seek the truth. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. The uh, scripture passage that I read to you about the wise men, it's a very familiar Bible story. In fact, it's a story that's been added to a lot over time. And, and so the, the sort of contemporary popular version is that there were three wise men, although the Bible doesn't say there were three. We have no idea how many wise men they were. That's just sort of been added over time because of the presentation of the gifts. Because there was three gifts, they figured it was three wise men. But if you read carefully, it never says how many wise men there were. Could have been a dozen, could have been two, I don't know. But it's, it's plural, but it's, we don't know how many. So over time, we sort of settled on the idea that there was three. And uh, um, the songs that we sing say they came from the Orient, but we don't know that either. Um, we only know they came from the East. We don't know where exactly, but... You know, over time, songs have happened and worked their way through lots of other things. Um, we know it was wise men and not wise women, because if it had been wise women, they would have asked for directions, arrived on time, helped deliver the baby, and they would have brought practical gifts. No? <laughs> I thought that was fun. The Magi um, weren't kings either. Uh, although in the songs it's often portrayed that way. Um, nor were they magicians, um, but they were very important people. They were a group of highly educated men who studied the stars. Uh, and aspects of their knowledge would include, you know, what we today call astronomy and also theology as well. And uh, they had uh, foretold from their studies, they knew from their studies, that a king was about to be born in the land of Judah. So they set off to find the king and present appropriate gifts. So this was their reaction to the coming of Jesus. And, and so the Magi, which means wise men, were searching for the truth. Because another thing you might not see in that story is that the established religious community of the day knew where the Messiah was to be born, but they weren't seeking him at all. They weren't looking for him. They knew what was going to happen, but they weren't busy looking for him. And Herod only wanted to know for selfish and evil purposes because he wanted to eliminate competition from his throne. That's why he wanted to know what was going on. So um, he didn't find him either because they weren't seeking after him for the right reasons or with whole hearts 
um, or, or, you know, perhaps they didn't even care what was going on. But, but when you're earnestly searching for the truth, you'll find Jesus. Because, point number two, Jesus is the truth. He is the truth. He, he, he personifies truth. Um, he's, he is truth, the Bible says. In John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so, so if you are truly a seeker of truth, um, you will ultimately end up running into Jesus. Um, sometimes your, your path might look a little different. I, I talk to people all the time, and they're, they're in different spots, and they, they maybe haven't found Jesus yet. But I, I fully believe if they are truly diligently seekers of truth, they will, they will end up running into Jesus because they have to. Because everything else will ultimately leave them empty. Uh, they might think they found it for a little while, but then they'll, they'll, oop, that, wasn't quite a, that wasn't quite it. And they will continue to be drawn towards Jesus as long as they continue to search for the truth. And so all real truth seekers will continue their search until they find Jesus. And once they do, an amazing thing happens. And that's the third point, is that the truth sets you free. The truth sets you free. In John 8, 32, it says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There's something about coming to know Jesus that changes everything. And, it, and it's, there's nothing quite like it. There's nothing else like it in the universe. There's, there's no other relationship. There's no other experience. There's, there's no other thing that will ever be like coming to know Jesus. There, there's, it's, it's almost indescribable. It's, it's, uh, it's so overwhelming and so amazing to begin to think about what was taking place and what God has done for us and what we celebrate at Christmas to, to begin to try and comprehend that, that Jesus came, fully God, fully man, that, that this was the way he entered into the scene because we needed him to. He, he came because we couldn't get back to God apart from him. See, he came because we desperately needed a Savior, and he came as that Savior. Our sin had separated us from God, and we couldn't get back in our own strength. And so he came because we desperately needed him to come. And, and as he comes um, he, and steps into history, fully God and fully man, in the most amazing way, think about how amazing it is that he came born in a manger. Nobody would make room for him. He, he came in the most humble of ways. He, he didn't come this first time on a horse with thunder and lightning and swords and taking care of me. This time he came, and he came into the world. How, how cool is this? The same way all of us did. He was born into it. It's, it's amazing when you think about it. I often think, you know, um, if it were me making an entrance, <laughs> I would have probably picked a different entrance. I had a bigger vehicle with some lights and some stuff happening and, you know, crowds and, and you know, let's, let's make it work and here we go. And, but this is not how he came. He came and, and he was born into it. I think he, he does it because, you know, the Bible story, the whole thing tells us about Jesus is that he gets us. 
See, ultimately, when you read about it, it says Jesus sympathizes with us and our, our weaknesses. He gets us. He came in and he came. That's the way he came. So he could get that with us. What it was like to be born into the world. What it was like to grow up in this world. What it was like to have relationships with parents and siblings and, and, and you know, um, other people. He, he gets all of that. He, he, he knows it. And, and see, the, the Christmas story was his entrance into the world. Now, the Easter story we know is when he ultimately well, willingly goes to the cross and pays for all of our mess um, by giving his life there at the cross and defeating death and rising again so that we can be reconciled to God. But it all starts here at this part of the story. And he makes this amazing entrance in the most humble way possible in a place where hardly anybody saw it except for some shepherds uh, and some wise men and... Um, you know, mom and dad were around maybe some animals, if the scene is correct, but we don't know that there were even animals in the manger. We just know that uh, he entered the scene that way. And because of what he did uh, there at Christmas and because of what he did at Easter, defeating death and rising again, all of us who choose to believe in him and receive him as Lord and Savior of our lives, we are reconciled to God and we can spend eternity with him. And we can have life with him now. And, and, and we can be free from all of the mess and the, and the traps and the tricks of the enemy and, and of all the things that he tries to steal, throw at us to steal life away from us. And so, you know, I would say as we, as we engage in this Christmas season, you know, my, my, my hope for you is that you don't let the busyness distract you from the amazing thing that's taking place. And from what we really celebrate, as we celebrate Jesus entering the scene, breaking into history a couple of thousand years ago and making a way for us to have life. Don't, don't miss the wonder of, of Christmas. Don't, don't miss the miracle of Christmas. Uh, you know, this season, really open the door of your heart to experience it all. He's knocking on all of our hearts. Uh, you know, repeatedly, uh, you know, asking to come and, and to fellowship more with us and, and to be more part of our lives. And, and over the next few weeks, as I said, we're going to dig into some of these amazing ideas of, of the coming of, of Christ the, this first time. And we're going to talk about the hope that he brings. We're going to talk about the joy that he brings. We're going to talk about the peace that he brings. And we're going to talk about the love that he brings. And, and as we do, I think what will happen is just like the wise men, that our hearts will be drawn in to worship. Matthew 2.11, it said again, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, and they worshipped him. The, the realization of what was happening, and who he was, and what God was doing, just, just took them to a place of worship. And my heart is that, that this season, that we will be taken to that place of worship as we realize what he's done and what he's doing, and that he's coming back for us again. And that, that he stands at the door and he, he knocks on the hearts of people. And that somehow, that at this time of year, he might use us in some ways to help people know that that's what's taking place so that they too would open the door to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of their lives. And that, that further as we, as we continue to press into him, that out of our worship will come this, this realization that, that really, it's all about Him. That He cares about us, but, but that He's got so much in store for us that we, we sort of have to step out of the center of the story 
and let him be the center of the story. It is his story. And see how we fit into that story in him so that we can experience life, that full and abundant now and forever life that he's called us to. And so as we, as we sort of engage in this Christmas season and the lights are coming up and, you know, you've got, you've got your list of things to do and the, the, the sort of the busyness can sort of creep in, don't let those things that are like hassles steal from you the very joy and the miracle of Christmas. But each part of it, just, just embrace and engage and, and, you know, remember the miracle that we're celebrating and, and how, how awesome God is in his love for us. And that's what we celebrate this Christmas season. And so that's how we're going to get kicked off this year. And hopefully that gives you something to think about and sort of gets the mood set as we press in. But enjoy every part of it. Enjoy the long lines. Enjoy the traffic. Enjoy it all. And go, yes, it's all about Jesus. And uh, let's celebrate this season together. Amen. If you're watching by video, thank you. We appreciate you doing that. And uh, love for you to visit us at some point. Uh, If you need prayer, go to the website. There's a prayer page there. And we'd be happy to pray for you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you soon.